The birth of Jesus. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, to the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace to those whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Thank you. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for the sacred scriptures, the holy scriptures. Thank you that they are God-breathed and they are profitable to teach us. I thank you for this and I thank you that we can have ears to listen and mouths to talk and be with me, Father. Help me to be faithful as I preach your word and help us to listen. Help us to examine our hearts and to see if Christ is in our hearts. Help us, Father. And maybe, maybe this is also a great opportunity for us to search to see how much joy comes from you alone, Father, or from the world. Help us, Father. We always need your grace and mercy. And thank you that Jesus came in grace and he's given us his grace to instruct us to, to walk in a manner worthy of our calling. So help us, Father. Thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name, Amen. This morning is a, is, a, is a topical sermon, and it's going to be on the birth of joy. We read in Luke 2, and it was in verse 10, And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. And that's what we want to look at this morning. The birth of joy. And we know who the birth is all about. It's Jesus. And if you noticed in our singing... There was a few times we mentioned the word joy, joy to the world, joy to the earth. He is my joy. 
my righteousness and my freedom, my steadfast love, my deep and boundless peace. Until I stand with joy before the throne. So my question to us and to myself, when you woke up this morning, what brought you joy? Was it because today is a holiday? Was it because it's Christmas and there's going to be delicious food, pudding, we can open our best bottle of champagne? What brought great joy to your heart? Now, there's nothing wrong with food and things bringing you joy, but they are temporary. We're looking at something that's permanent, something that is concrete, something that is on a rock and not on sand. And it's beautiful that we can come to church and we can hear God's word so we can learn about joy. And, 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 and the world sees joy as something or someone that makes you feel happy or someone or something that gives you great pleasure. Like getting Christmas presents. Children, your Christmas presents must have brought great joy in a sense to your hearts. If you get something new, there's nothing wrong with that joy. But like I said, we should look at what the New Testament has to say about the word joy. And it's mentioned 70 times in the New Testament. And it always signifies a feeling of happiness that is based on spiritual reality. It's based on God and His Word. It is a deep down sense of well-being that abides in the heart of the person who knows all is well between himself and the Lord. We shouldn't just experience joy from outside experiences. We should experience joy from Jesus. Christmas for the Christian should be a time of real joy. True joy because of the birth of Jesus. And that's what we want to look at this morning. We want to look at the birth of Jesus because it brings reconciliation between man and woman who are dead in their sins. We are hopeless. We, there is no hope for us if Jesus was not born. And knowing that Jesus was born and knowing that he came to, to save us from our sins that is with us should bring great joy. Because Jesus reconciles us to God, our Father. The birth of Jesus is the birth of joy that is in Jesus Christ. God is reconciling the world to himself through Jesus. And the, world, and the word reconciling the world is not, is, not, is not a universalism. It's not universalism that all people will be saved. We know that's not true. But we do know that God is reconciling the world to himself, those that he has called through his son, Jesus Christ. And like someone said, the joy comes from the reality of our knowledge who Jesus is. It shouldn't come from our blessings and our answers to prayer. Yes, that's, that's, that's fine. But our joy should come from knowing that our knowledge of who Jesus is, the Son of God, the Lord and Saviour. It's knowing that we can have a relationship with Him and we can worship Him. That should bring us joy. The fact that we can be here should bring us joy that we can worship our Father through His Son in the power of His Spirit. So this morning I just want us to look at two truths. Two simple truths 
And we look at the birth of, to know that the birth of Jesus is a message of joy. So we can maybe bring back and put joy in Christmas, the real joy, what Christmas is all about. And the first truth, to know that the birth of Jesus is a message of joy, to bring back true joy to Christmas, is Jesus saves us. Jesus saves us. That should bring great joy to our hearts. Someone said, and it's a beautiful quote, the gospel is a message of joy because our Savior and Lord has arrived to save and reign over us, including even those not born of Jewish descent, meaning us Gentiles. In Jesus' day, there were two types of people. There was the Jew and the Gentile. And the Gentile had no hope. The only way a Gentile would have hope is if they converted to Judaism and then followed the laws and the Torah. And the men were circumcised. And that's why verse 10 of Luke chapter 2 is such a beautiful verse. I bring you good news. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people, including Israelites and the Gentiles. The news is not just for the Jewish people, not just for the Israelites. The good news is of great joy for both Jew and Gentile. The spreading of God's grace. Titus puts it so wonderfully when he, when he says that for the grace of God has appeared bringing salvation for all people. Grace came in Jesus. Grace and truth. I think it was in, in John. Um, John chapter 1. He said... John wrote, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have, such, we have seen His glory, glory of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. It's a spreading of God's grace to both Jew and Gentile, and this should bring great joy to our hearts. Knowing that there was a time when we Gentiles were separate from Christ excluded from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenant promises, having no hope and without God in this world, says Ephesians 2.12. There was no hope for the Gentile unless they converted to Judaism. Now we read of this good news of great joy for all people. It's good news. Why is it good news? When we, when we have something to announce like a pregnancy in the family or, or there, you've passed an exam or there's a marriage there's, a, there's a, um, an engagement it's good news and don't you want to announce it? What do you go? You announce it you want to get on the rooftop sometimes and you just want to make those great announcements and this is what the good news is it's, it's Something that has happened. And the beautiful thing, Jesus came to rescue us from the wrath to come. He died to forgive our sins, but the wage of sin is death. And God's, when, God, when Jesus returned, that's judgment day. God's wrath is going to come on this world. And we get tastes of it as the things are happening in this world. We get tastes of judgment and God's wrath. You just got to read the Old Testament and you see God's judgment come upon the nations outside of Israel. And even upon the Israelites. Their exile was God's judgment. 
And the good news, well, Psalm 40 verse 9 says, the psalmist writes, I've told the glad good news of your deliverance in the great congregation. Something has happened. What has happened? Well, they have been delivered from the enemy. They've been rescued from danger. And a, and a person would come and announce it and it would be glad news, good news. They would not, it wasn't like you could WhatsApp and, and have a group and, and, and announce it. They had no, the only communication was verbal, loud communication. And this good news about the Lord Jesus Christ that came, Jesus came to die for our sins, should bring great joy to our hearts. And that's the joy we should put back in Christmas. I'm not trying to damp our Christmas. We can still enjoy Christmas with the food and the gifts, etc. But that shouldn't be our joy only. That's temporary joy. I know you buy a brand new car, brings you great joy, you take it out and it gets scratched, that joy is gone. That joy is gone. Now you're disappointed, you're unhappy, and you actually do want to just take the car back wherever you bought it from. But the joy is what Jesus gives us. It's a gift. And we'll look more at that now. But we need to know that God, when the fullness of time had come, sent forth His Son, born of a woman. And we read about that. And the woman was Mary, who gave birth to her firstborn son, who was Jesus, the birth of joy. And like someone said, Jesus came in the most beautiful package that is in Mary's womb where life begins. No Christmas present can match such a package. And before Mary was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit, about 700 years before Jesus was born, a great prophet by the name of Messiah prophesied this. He said that the Lord himself will give us a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will give his name Emmanuel. God is with us. And the prophecy was fulfilled in Mary. 700 years later. And he will save his people from their sins, from death. Scripture tells us that the wage of sin is death. And that is the good news. That Jesus, God's only begotten Son, came into this world to save us from our sins. And we know where he saved us from our sins. On the cross he was crucified. On the cross his blood was shed for the forgiveness of sins. Did we deserve it? No. Were we worthy of it? No. He did it to deliver us from the wrath to come, judgment day, eternal death, and he did it to reconcile us back to his Father. So hopefully this first truth, to know that the birth of Jesus is a message of joy, to put joy back into Christmas, is Jesus saves us. Jesus came to rescue us from the wrath to come. But there's a second truth that we can look at. A second truth to know that the birth of Jesus is a message of joy. To bring back the true joy in Christmas. And that is Jesus brings peace to us. Jesus brings peace to us. I like what it said in, in, in Yet not I but Christ in me. He is my joy my righteousness and freedom, my steadfast love 
my deep and boundless peace. Another beautiful quote. The gospel is a message of joy because the Saviour and the Lord is the one who brings both peace and acceptance from God himself. And that peace is so important. Verse 14 of Luke chapter 2 says, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. And the peace is peace with God. At the moment, if you don't know God, you're at war with God. God is at enmity with you. Scripture tells us that there is no peace, says the Lord, for the wicked. That's why we need salvation. That's why we need God to save us in Christ Jesus so that there can be peace between us and God. And Jesus says, the peace I give you is not as the world gives you. It's His peace. He died on the cross to give us that gift, peace. And if we are not at peace with God, then we need to hear what God has to say. He wants us to repent. He wants us to put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ so that we can be saved. And that's why this birth of Jesus, the birth of joy, it's God reaching out to us with the loving message of peace. Again, this was prophesied some 750 years ago before Christ was born, that the child would be born to us a son will be given to us and the government will rest on his shoulders and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. And scripture says, Now in Christ Jesus you, that is us, who once were far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for for he himself is our peace. He is our peace peace. Like I said, when we repented and put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and we believe what what we need to believe in order to be saved, we are justified by faith. We now have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. That means there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That when judgment day comes, there is peace standing between you and our Father. And it is so important for us to know that Jesus brought to us peace. And I think today we live in a world where we talk and honour God with our lips, but our hearts are far from Him. You can't fool God. God is not an abstract idea. God is not a figment of our imagination. Jesus there's a historical count. Luke was a doctor. He wrote such a beautiful gospel and the book of Acts. It's an historical count of, of Jesus where God has disclosed himself, of not only of himself, but of his son Jesus, our Lord and Savior, who has brought peace to our hearts so that we can live in peace in this world. But peace is also fruit of the Spirit and it needs to be cultivated. None of this is easy. This is hard because we need God's grace. We need His help to cultivate peace so we can live, if possible, at peace with the people in the world. There are times when government will tell us to do things and we can't be at peace with them. 
like telling us we can't worship anymore. We can't go to church anymore. Same in the book of Acts, when, when John and, and, and Peter were told that they can't preach anymore. Well, we obey God rather than man. And we need peace. So we can sit around the table, we can speak the truth in love with a tender heart, we can, we can be God's chosen children, we can put on hearts of a compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, we can be patient with one another, we can treat others as we would like to be treated. There's no more wickedness but instead of righteous love. But it's not perfect, because some of the wickedness will still come out. It will still be the slip of the tongue, and we ask for forgiveness. A song from our hearts of joy should be glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace amongst those with whom he is pleased. Peace. And it's hard to, to remain at peace when sufferings and pain come your way. You become anxious. But Paul the Apostle has given us a beautiful passage so that we can, we can ask God to help us. Keeping that peace and remain at peace. We can take everything to God in prayer, Paul writes. Do not be anxious about anything, but take everything to God in prayer. With thanksgiving, let our requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. So that we can act normal and still be rational. That's why this message of Jesus Christ is not just about... Jesus who died on the cross to forgive our sins. The birth of Jesus is He came to save us. And He came to bring peace and that should bring great joy to our hearts. It's, it's wonderful news. It's, a, it's great news that we should not just keep with ourselves. We should share it lovingly with people. Not judge them, just share it. Sow seeds into people's lives. So this morning on Christmas Day, will we celebrate Christmas with a joy that comes from God alone through His Son, Christ Jesus? Will we, will we try and put real joy back into Christmas? Because I know families can get together and everybody's happy, but tomorrow is a different story. They're all gossiping about each other again and they're bad-mouthing and then another year comes by and they sit for one day together. We need to look at these two truths. Jesus has saved us and Jesus brings peace. And that should bring great joy to our hearts. And that's the joy that should be around our Christmas table. And that's the joy that we should be sharing with the world. And none of this is easy. Not to offend anybody, but the great Martin Lloyd-Jones used to say, including himself, that today, as Christians, we're really a bunch of miserable people. We need to put that joy. And it's not a superficial joy that we go happy, clappy and skip around. When trials come your way, you will feel that pain and suffering. It will take away your joy. But the, the, the reason why we have pain and suffering, because we need help. And who do we go to for help? We should go to God. The creator of the earth, that who our help comes from, the creator God who made heaven and earth. So we can just cultivate that joy and that peace so we can walk joyfully. But we need each other and we need God's grace to instruct us. My prayer is for myself. I haven't arrived. I'm not saying I've got this all worked out. No, I haven't. 
But my prayer is for us to bring back true joy to Christmas. Knowing that Jesus died to forgive our sins and knowing that he brought great peace to our hearts between us and his Father. He is our faithful mediator. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning that we can be reminded of your truth. That the birth of Jesus is a birth of joy. Joy to our hearts and, and joy to the world in knowing that there's true joy coming from your Son, the Son of God. Father, forgive us when we do sin. Forgive us when we do grumble and complain about every little thing. I know in Robertson we complain when it's hot and then we complain when it's cold. It's like the Israelites when they had so much water before them they grumbled and when they went into the desert they grumbled when there was no water. And Father, please forgive us. Help us to be content and help us just to trust you. But help us to cultivate a joy, an everlasting joy that is built upon our rock, the Lord Jesus Christ, that would remain permanent through storms and trials and sufferings. Help us, Father. But thank you this morning we could celebrate this Sunday, this special Sunday of the birth of your Son, Jesus, God in the flesh. We came to make you known, Father, through his life. Grace and truth was all in Jesus. Thank you, Father. Pray on us this all in Jesus' name. Amen.